Chapter 4, Pulmonology, Topic 9, Neoplasia. Today we'll focus our discussion on lung neoplasm starting with the topic of lung nodules, their principles, risk stratification, and management. Lung nodules are common incidental findings on lung imaging, especially when working up other pathologies. It's essential to stratify lung nodules to determine further management. This stratification depends on the patient's risk factors, the size and appearance of the nodule, and previous imaging results. Depending on these variables, the patient may require early evaluation, repeat imaging, or no further workup. When a lung nodule is detected, the most appropriate next step is to examine previous imaging. This comparison helps ascertain if the nodule is a new growth or a pre-existing one that requires attention. Now let's compare high-risk and low-risk nodules. In high-risk features, we consider patient risk factors like heavy smoking with over 30-pack year history, previous thoracic radiation from breast cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma or thyroid carcinoma, and age over 40 years. Appearance, including sparse calcification, spiculated surface or subsolid nature, size greater than 2 centimeters, previous imaging showing the nodule was previously not present or enlarging. In contrast, low-risk features include no smoking history, no previous radiation, age under 35 years, appearance with dense calcification, a smooth surface or solid nature, size smaller than 9 millimeters, and previous imaging indicating the nodule has been present but unchanged over several years. For high-risk nodules, the management may involve video-assisted thoracic surgery for excisional biopsy or non-surgical biopsy if the patient is a poor surgical candidate. For low-risk nodules, no further workup is required. For intermediate-risk nodules, non-contrast surveillance CT chest can be done. Alternatively, non-surgical biopsy using bronchoscopy for centrally located lesions or transthoracic needle biopsy for smaller peripherally located lesions. Moving on, we'll now discuss lung cancer. Lung cancer's primary risk factors include smoking, occupational exposure to substances such as asbestos, and previous thoracic radiation. Key manifestations of lung cancer include a persistent cough, fever, weight loss, chest pain, dyspnea, wheezing, tachypnea, and complications like pleural effusion and post-obstructive pneumonia. Other manifestations may be related to specific forms of lung cancer, such as pancose tumor, a type of squamous cell carcinoma located at the top of the lung, which can lead to Horner syndrome. This syndrome presents as a triad of ptosis, meiosis, and anhydrosis due to the invasion of the superior cervical ganglion. Another serious manifestation of lung cancer is SVC syndrome, where the tumor obstructs the superior vena cava. This can impede the venous return of blood from the head, neck, and arms, leading to symptoms like facial redness and distension of the neck veins. Lung cancer can also spread to other areas of the body, with common sites of metastases including the bones, adrenal glands, and brain. Now, lung cancer can be categorized based on its location into central and peripheral types. Central lung cancers include small cell lung cancer and squamous cell carcinoma, while peripheral cancers include adenocarcinoma, large cell carcinoma, and bronchoalveolar carcinoma. It's vital to understand these distinctions, as they may influence the treatment approach. Lung cancer can also cause various perineoplastic syndromes, which are symptoms that occur due to release of hormones and autoantibodies. These include Lambert-Eaton syndrome, SIADH, ectopic ACTH production, and even neurological conditions such as cerebellar degeneration in small cell lung cancer. Other lung cancer types may produce specific hormones or cause unique symptoms like gynecomastia in large cell carcinoma.
For diagnostics, chest imaging is essential to identify and characterize a lung mass. Specific characteristics may be associated with different types of lung cancer, such as central cavitation in squamous cell carcinoma or a presentation that mimics pneumonia in bronchoalveolar carcinoma. Other diagnostic tools include sputum cytology, FDG PET scans, and biopsies to differentiate the various subtypes. Staging, typically through CT scans of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis, along with MRI of the brain, is also essential. The management of lung cancer often involves a grim prognosis due to late-stage detection. Small-cell lung cancer is typically treated with chemoradiation, while non-small-cell lung cancer may be amenable to surgical excision depending on the stage at diagnosis. Proper pre-surgical evaluation, including pulmonary function tests, is crucial to ensure that the patient can tolerate the surgery. A minimum FEV, one of 800 milliliters post-surgery, is typically required. Lastly, I'd like to touch on screening for lung cancer. Current guidelines recommend annual low-dose chest CT scans for those aged 55 to 80 with a smoking history of over 30 pack years and less than 15 years of being smoke-free.